Welcome to The Garage. I'm Scott Lanahan. And I'm Joe Ubel. Today's episode, Joe, we are covering appraisals. Yeah, we kind of ran into you know a unique uh, experience in the last uh, week here. I think it brought to another conversation that we thought we needed to kind of explain a little more what this is. Well, that's how this show runs. Uh, you know, we uh, look at the week, something pops up, and uh, I look at you or you look at me, and we go, "Hey, this might be a good topic to cover." That's how it runs. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> might. Uh, so I think uh, the way we kind of structured this, I think it's it's a good idea to at least kind of set some groundwork. Uh, we had talked, uh, I know it sounds simple, but at least starting from the premise, an appraisal versus a home inspection. Sometimes people think they're tied together. They're associated together in a lot of ways. See, I agree, uh, disagree completely. <laughs> well, I, as I'm saying, they associate it because of how they sound. Maybe. Uh, you know, one is determining uh, valuation on the property, and uh, an inspection is uh, interpreting the uh, condition of the property. I think where, where the, the, the rubber hits the road on this one in terms of how it gets confused is when you have VA and FHA um, loans, your buyer is, is comes to you and they say, all right, well, there's an inspection, right? I'm like, well, yeah, there's an inspection. That is the confusion. And uh, there, is, there is a VA and FHA inspection they, that happens during the appraisal. Yes, but they are tied let's, together. Let's be clear with that, what that, that is, though. They're just looking for certain um, items that is a, on a list for them as an appraisal. Yes. That says condition-wise needs to be addressed. Yes, they are tied together there. But... It's not really an inspection where you're going to get a report saying what the appraiser thinks of your house or in terms broken of broken window panes, peeling paint, uh, missing uh, railings. railings missing. Those are like the top three. Yeah. Uh, but the appraiser coming through is focused primarily on valuation. Correct. The home inspector, private home inspection, is focused on condition. Yes. Yes. Exactly. We spent way more time on this than I thought we were going to. That but let's, let, let's do But it. I agree with you. <laughs> so let, let's real quick set, set the, the timeline stage on that so you can see that you hear that. Is, so you, when you have a contract on a property, you have it, a contract, then you have an inspection contingency uh, in most cases. Yep. And during that timeline, you bring an inspector in and you determine condition of the property, determine what you think of the property, and if there's any repairs needed, needed. Re, potentially renegotiation happens, and then you um, get past that, then you're into escrow. Escrow then establishes the appraisal being ordered. Yes. Appraisal inspection uh, coincide together with that VA, FHA inspection, if it's one of those those products. Then they go out there and have, do their, their appraisal. Because, uh, yes, the bank is loaning you a specific amount of money, mm-hmm. and they want to make certain that in the event that someone stops making payments, mm-hmm. that uh, if they do end up with the house back, that it's worth what they borrowed them. Essentially, yeah, you're trying to do a, a checks and a balances for what that the banker, you know, you know, it could be, you know, Bank of America, you know, uh, that's not even close to this location in terms of um, who is, is, you know, boosting the ground in the, in, in the Twin Cities here. They have an office in Texas or wherever it is, and they're lending money on a house that they have no idea about. So what they're doing is they're hiring a, uh, independent appraiser, which is localized in Twin Cities, and is going across to make sure that their but their lending on is of value. Yeah, gets foreclosed on, we get it back. I want to make sure I can get my my couple bucks back. Right. right. Yeah. Make sure to cover their butt. 
So uh, the appraisal, uh, I think agents try to, uh, we as agents police ourselves, we're looking at the integrity of the marketplace. One of the checks against that is the appraisals mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that there's integrity within the marketplace with value. Mm -hmm. um, lenders, back in the pre-foreclosure era, there was lenders had certain relationships with appraisers. So yeah. they had a uh, stable mm -hmm. of appraisers that they would call up, would go out appraise the property. With the foreclosure crisis, I called it a crisis, mm -hmm. um, they separated the relationship between the appraisers and the lenders and even the agents. Well, they needed to because... Um, it's, it's, I'm glad they did that point because, like you said, they're stable of appraisers, and they they were taking advantage of that relationship, and you know, lender or, or even the agent was going out to the to as the listing agent was going to the appraiser saying, "Hit these numbers for me." Uh, I don't know if it, it was that, but let's say, let's say an appraisal came in low, mm -hmm. and it screwed up a deal for a loan officer, mm -hmm. right? Um, maybe that loan officer would be less likely to use that one. Use that one. Yep, absolutely. That's that. that's and that's why there's a separate separation between the lender and uh, the appraisers now. And the appraisers now there's like a there is like a, a, a intermediary between. Them. So it's basically you go they order an appraiser. They go to this platform, send out I need an appraiser for X Y Z property. Party, yep. And then it goes out to this bucket list of all these people that are in that list. And one gets the, the project. Gets it signed. Yep. Or someone reaches in and grabs it. Yep. Yep. So now there's complete separation. Uh, the lenders cannot talk to the... to the Can't talk to them. And it's agents, there's supposed to be very limited conversation between mm -hmm. uh, the appraiser and the agent. It should all be fact-based. Do you have a copy of the contract? I'm supplying you with some comps that I used. What right? kind of improvements do you And have? even then, sometimes the appraisers are uh, reluctant to take... Those comps, correct. Um, but in most cases, they're very appreciative of, of your helpfulness to be able to talk through the property. What improvements do you have have on the property? What uh, things they should be aware of in the property? You yeah. Know, did you have any comps in the neighborhood? I've I've had a lot of people to call and ask that stuff. So yeah. just way. Did it sell in multiple offers? Yeah. What, yeah. Like you said, an, an improvement list. Yeah. How old is this? How old is that? Yeah. Um, you know, the whole idea is that they're providing an objective analysis of the transaction mm -hmm. you had a willing buyer willing seller uh, they come together put together a contract somebody from the outside uh, separate from the bank that is looking at it and going yes this makes sense mm -hmm. yep mm -hmm. yep yep absolutely that's and that, and that thing is what is protecting against in a lot of ways is the consumer may get Im way too emotional with the property and go way above and beyond what is real value of the property, and this is taking the checks and balances um, in the place of a lender's perspective, right? So they're trying to make sure the lender isn't isn't um, lending on a property that is overvalued in their mind. Yeah. Um, now I will throw this at you because this don't is, throw it at me. Too. I already did. I throw the wrench in, the, in there, and what really affects the mar the marketplace is you have cash buyers that almost set the stage for what could be value. Um, if they're going to pay over abundance of money over a certain price. Point. But we all know cash buyers, Joe, all come in low. <laughs> they come in low because cash is king. True. Right? But it does. I'm giving you cash so I can give you 
40% less than what your property is valued at. That's true. Because it's cash. <laughs> cash is king. Uh, but I do th- I do see that that you know they in a marketplace when it, then the market hasn't caught up to the price points what people are reaching for. That's the tough part. That's when those cash buyers could set the stage for that being the the, the new price point because you have six months to look back at old old um, property values. So let's uh, let's back up on that and talk about that a little bit more. I'll, so we hit the spring market and a bunch of buyers come into the marketplace. January second, spring market in Minnesota hits. Yep. Buyers start coming into the market. The holidays are over. They think they're going to look for a month or two. They end up finding something. They end up buying. They're closing in March. All of a sudden, these price points start to stack up. The appraiser has to use closed sales from the last six months. Yeah. Uh, location, size, condition, amenities, usually right? Usually have miles, radius is what they, they can use. like to keep them close, right in the neighborhood. Because you take a look at Highland Park, Mac Groveland, you can't be using comps down on West 7th. Right. Right? Completely different here. Or even within Mac Groveland, you're close to the river versus the 1500 block. Not using Minneapolis around properties. Not using Minneapolis, and it's within a mile. Right. Right? So they're trying to localize all those comps. What's a good comp? What's a bad comp? Um, so uh, they have to use the last six months' worth of uh, activity within the marketplace. Mm-hmm. P- cl- closed. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, empirical data, yep. actual proven data. Yeah, they, they want nothing to do with houses that are pending for sale or in for, um, pending. I've gotten calls on them, they, like they, when they can't, Yeah. not they, a lot of good comps, like what happened here? Like yeah, what's going how on? close are we to closing? Yeah. But they can't really use that data unless they absolutely are, are in desperate need of an extra, extra comp. Yes. But then again, they would reach out to us as listing agents we've had before. But imagine these price points, you start getting that competition and there's no data. There's not a, a huge yeah, amount of data to start supporting some of the spring appreciation rates that you see. Yeah, that, so that it was, puts the appraiser in a weird spot. Right. Especially especially it happened. See, I gave the appraiser some love. You did. Yeah. We love appraisers. Yeah. We, about we love appraisers. <laughs> But you know that that, that happens. They you know, are an important part of the process. They are, and yeah. I would I would say in our marketplace, the spring market is early spring market is most affected by it because the fall market tends to be the ones that is a little bit um, tighter and slower, and not as 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 it doesn't accelerate as fast. And spring market tends to accelerate really fast, mm-hmm. and then you use data from yeah. October, November, December, and that that isn't as strong. No, no. Um, so I think that kind of pulls us into. Uh, are you comfortable moving on to the case study? Let's what kind of prompted this? Yeah. So, a uh, 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 case study that kind of prompted this conversation. Uh, there was a property sold in multiples uh, over a holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it wasn't like there were a huge a bunch of people in the marketplace, but there were still five offers on that property mm-hmm. over a holiday weekend. Came on at three twenty five, sold for three sixty five, mm-hmm. right? Forty thousand uh, dollars. A unique property, mm-hmm. uh, in the sense all brick exterior. Uh, um, there was a uh, fire two years ago in there, so everything had been renovated from the studs in. Right. Windows, uh, mechanicals, just uh, it was new. Right. Um, Appraisal comes back at it was list price was three twenty five sale price was three sixty five appraisal comes back at three twenty six. Yeah, almost yeah. a forty thousand dollar gap. So thirty nine thousand dollars there it was it was less than yes. what it's officially sold for. 
So at that point, we have a staring contest between the seller and the buyer because this the transaction is not going to fly mm-hmm. at 326 unless, of course, the seller is willing to adjust the sale price to 326. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, the buyer would be happy to accept the property at 326, but you end up in this staring contest where does the seller want to start the transaction over? Yep. Right? Because let's be clear, that seller has a choice and the buyer has a choice. Um, do they want to buy the house for 365 or does the seller want to sell the house for 326? Yes. Those are the two options on the table right away. So let's say uh, the seller's coming in with 10% down, mm-hmm. uh, $30,000, right? They would have to come to the table with the $70,000 in order to make this transaction work. Plus closing Plus costs. their closing costs. Um, or the buyer or the seller needs to agree to accept the 326. So in essence, negotiations open up again. Mm-hmm. The the seller who's tasted 365 now, seen a net sheet at 365, their first instinct is to, uh, well, come up with the additional money. Yeah, I want you to, you, you, you offered it, I want you to buy it. The reality of that is, uh, <laughs> if it's a couple thousand dollars, probably the date. It probably could happen. If it's $40,000 or basically more than their down payment already, we're dead in the water. Well, let's, let's, let's kind of circle back a little bit on the contract and stuff, what the contract says it says on, um, for the buyer, for the seller. Yeah. So on a conventional loan, yeah. uh, it says that uh, the buyer has to come up to that price because they're agreeing to that price. Yes. There's nowhere it says that, they, that there's a... Because FHA and MVA have um, already an have escape a, clause. escape clause. Yeah. So there's nowhere in there that says the escape clause in a conventional financing. So it says that they have to come up to that price. But if it's that much, they don't have enough money. So they, they, they're disqualified from, from getting the loan for that amount. Financing falls apart. It falls apart. So you don't yeah. have, they can't afford it anymore. Yeah. So the lender would be like, I can't lend to you on this with that. Then can't have to get that much extra cash. Yeah. So then the deal falls apart. So then you have to go come back to the table and go, Got to find solution. Let's find a negotiable solution. Ninja level, mm-hmm. right? Ninja. I always bring up ninja level. <laughs> the finagling, right? Yep. So one of the finagling things that you could do, uh, what actually happened in this situation, is to approach the lender mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, uh, let's let's contest the appraisal. Let's appeal it. Let's appeal it." Yep. So at that point, both listing agent, selling agent, uh, selling agent with the buyer's approval, uh, because I mean I'm in this particular case I'm negotiating a higher sale price, right? And the, than and, what the appraisal is, right? So I need my client's permission to do this, right? And they want the deal to come together, right? They bought the I house. Mean, they want clearly the they were willing to pay X number of dollars for right. it. So with my client's approval, we pull together some comps. Uh, along with uh, an additional list of what was done to the house, mm-hmm. uh, handed off to the loan officer, mm-hmm. who then goes through the intermediary with the information, and the appraiser then uh, is uh, asked to reconsider. Mm-hmm. Uh, 27 years of doing this, uh, that appraiser has put their professional opinion on there. Yep. That they're saying, I had all the facts, and I felt this property was worth X. Mm-hmm. So the information that I'm providing was all information that was generally available to the appraiser from the beginning. And he probably already had it all. Already had it all. Yeah. 
So to ask them to change their opinion, uh, I could have just as easily gotten in my car and driven 90 miles an hour into a brick wall. <laughs> I, I've seen it in, in almost 20 years of doing this, I've seen an appraisal get appealed and only been adjusted $1,000. And that was only that was the appeal that I got. Yeah. And they got they gave us an extra $1,000. I can't blame them. This is, he said this is my professional opinion. They can't say they made a mistake. No. And you know what? Unless unless you bring some um, unbelievable new data to them. The clouds that, part, ray of light comes down, and some, you say, yeah. That magical comp that's sold next door that actually doesn't show up in the MLS or any kind of records. Yes. And your neighbor says, I sold my house for three sixty five. Yeah. And then you go, all right, great. I'm going to use this. Can, you, can I use it as a comp now? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. Yeah. Not, not real. So I need you to notarize a letter. <laughs> so we run into a brick wall there. Yep. Um, so you get nowhere with that one. That's not ninja level. No. Ninja level then is to look at the uh, loan officer and say, hey, listen, would you consider accepting another appraisal? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And the lender says, listen, I can't get in another appraisal. Have one at X. Have another one at Y. We're not doing it. Well, it depends on the lender. Lenders will have have different different opinions on this, and what usually happens with that, they do accept a, a and it is dramatically different yeah. than they order a third person. Yes, I've seen that happen too. Yes, but it's it's a a, a large exception. Yes, right. Yeah, it's got to be obvious data that the underwriter is going to be able to look at this. Going, yeah, I think we need to have another appraisal. Yes. So that was more karate level. Mm-hmm. Ninja level. Oh, I see how you're doing. Is uh is actually saying, hey, let's move lenders. Yep. Let's let's wipe the board clean. And that's and that's a risky move, but I've also suggested this in numerous occasions that this is a way to, way to get around this. And the lend because a lender gets a fresh fresh uh, um, new appraisal and they start over. Yes. And they get a chance to. Now the catch on on, on your case it it w- would work. Um, it would catch the the timeline that we have to work because you once you start over with a new lender, it's going to take you know, an extra two weeks for it, for it to close if there's a quick timeline. Yes, our timeline was short. So you did, So the option was limited then? Limited. And let's also make the caveat here, because I know there's a couple loan officers that listen to this that are screaming at the thing yeah. right now. Uh, that is not the first option, right? No, it's not really the, the option you really want, want to work and with. And then let's, the other caveat, if it was an FHA appraisal. That's my next thing. You can't switch lenders. Yep. That FHA appraisal sticks with that property. So even if you switch buyers, yep. So you you say, all right, buyer, it came in forty thousand dollars light. You go away. We're gonna bring in another buyer, and it's another FHA buyer. Mm-hmm. They get an appraisal, and it's at three forty six. The lender looks in the system and goes, well, wait a minute. There's a recent appraisal here for three twenty six. Yeah, because it's because uh, federally backed loan, so it's gonna be. It's gonna come up right away once they once they they um, look. At the, the federal fire. government's not efficient at a lot of stuff, but at this, <laughs> they're efficient. They're very efficient. That appraisal pops up. It's it's in the system. Yep. Can't and even if that appraisal comes in at three forty six, that three twenty six is what they'll default to. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Because you can't change that. You, can't have change wait, you have to wait six months for it to it to fall off, and then we can reappraise. You can't it. unring that bell, Joe. That's right. Yeah. In our situation, it was a conventional loan. Mm-hmm. We could have switched lenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd queued up another lender. Um, 
seller knows that, right? That's a card that could be played. Mm -hmm. Instead, we sat down. Uh, the lender that was currently in play, uh, we looked at adjusting from a 10% down to a 5% down. Mm -hmm. um, and then coming to the table with an additional five grand. Yeah, that's that's ninja level right there, trying to figure out how to ma massage what you have in front of you and kind of adjust and try to satisfy both sides. You know, the seller would probably have to, to give and take a little bit as well. The buyer would have they to did. give and take. You know, it's just, you, when it comes to these situations, it's you have to bite your tongue and go, all right, what's better situation? Do I tell the buyer to go away? Yes. And uh, start uh, start from scratch and put it back in the market and, and do this again? Mm -hmm. Or do I massage what's here just so we, we can get to the end, end table and close? How do you deal? create a win-win-win? Right. Right. But there are situations where uh, where we'd say, all right, Mr. Buyer isn't being is doesn't have an avenue to make this work without of that appraiser being better, so then they would they would cancel that deal and go go to the next person. Now another way that listing agent um, could uh, circle the wagons a little bit is and maybe she did this. Um, I'm is sure she did. And, and I'm, sure, I'm sure you would do this if you were in her situation. But if you had five offers, right? Yes. Would you be calling the other four offers right now? I'd be calling at least the second one down the list. Right. Yes. So you'd be finding out, you know, especially if it was, it was a pretty good offer. I assume it was. But if it wasn't, you know, you wouldn't be calling them. But if it was a good offer, you probably would reach out and say, um, so I got, I got a situation like this, and explain it and see if your buyer A is available. Yep. Are they still on the market? Yep. Yep. Would they be willing to still entertain your offer? Yes. And The, the and, offer that they had on paper. And can they guarantee it? In some form. What's a guarantee, Joe? I, so that's going to lead us to the next part. Yes. So that's what that was the impetus for this conversation. Yep. Right. Um, that scenario. That one ended up uh, negotiating itself out. Mm -hmm. uh, it's. Uh, yes. We figured it out. Figured it out. Yeah. In the marketplace right now, with multiple offers. We're seeing things like uh, waiving appraisals, which you and I have an opinion on, which we'll keep out of this. Waive the inspection, I mean. Waive the inspection, I mean. Yep. Yeah, not waive the appraisal. Sorry, waive the inspection. And then we're also seeing, thanks for catching that, Joe. And then we're also seeing what's called appraisal gap. Mm -hmm. Now, every time we try and explain this to a client, their eyes kind of glaze over a little bit, just like when you're discussing closing costs sometimes. Mm -hmm. They kind of glaze over and you got to step back and kind of re-explain it. Yeah. Um, but it prompted you and I to take a look at sellers want appraisal gaps, which means, uh, let's use a round number. Uh, property sells for, it's listed at 270, sells for 300. Mm -hmm. They've got a gap between list price and sale price of $30,000. Yep. What listing agents, uh, buyers are offering and listing agents are accepting or asking for is to say, hey, listen, how much of that 30000 can you guarantee mm -hmm. in the event that an appraisal comes in low, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So you'll have buyers that say, hey, listen, I've got my down payment and my closing costs, plus I got an extra ten grand in my pocket. I will guarantee $10,000 of appraisal gap. Mm -hmm. So the appraisal can come in at two hundred ninety thousand, and I will make up that difference between two ninety and three hundred. It's perfect, right? Perfect, perfect. Everything still matches. Yep. All the pieces, Joe, still fit. The puzzle still fit. 
Yes. But then you and I start talking, and I said, look at this situation. Yep. Let's say I had a $10,000 appraisal gap. Yep. Right? And by the way, it, by putting that out there, you kind of lock yourself into that. The seller's technically locking themselves into it, right? Right. And the buyer's locking themselves into it. Right. So let's say in this situation, mm-hmm. the appraisal comes back at 326 The seller's contracted and the buyer's contracted at a $10,000 gap. Mm-hmm. So in this particular situation, technically both of them would be contractually obligated to 336 mm-hmm. Remember, it was listed at 325 sold for 365 mm-hmm. The appraisal comes in at 326 mm-hmm. That ten thousand dollar appraisal gap only would have guaranteed them three hundred and thirty six thousand. The steering contest, there may have still been a small one. Yeah, and it may have been a situation where where the seller would be be guys stamping their feet, going, waiting, trying to figure out how to how to change that that term. Yeah. That appraisal gap would have bit the seller in the ass. Right. Right. And so often we're looking at that appraisal gap from the top down. Because right. we're going, hey, it's listed at two seventy. Of course, it's why a good the price. hell wouldn't at the most? Let's say we get two ninety out of it. Right. So we should be good. But what happens when it comes in at two seventy one? And let's be clear: the appraisal, uh, low appraisals hasn't been a thing. Hasn't really been a problem. But it comes up. It's like it comes up and bites you when you don't see it coming, and you just don't know when it's going to happen, and you almost have to just figure out, you know. Is is going to happen potentially more often in a certain case? Is it, is your homework um, behind the comps that you're going to look at for that potential property you're you're offering way over for? Yeah. Is there enough out there data wise to, to justify it? Well, let's let's. That brings us back to something that we initially talked about. We were going to bring up as a topic that I think we kind of skipped over. Um, someone gets a pre-listing appraisal, so yeah. before their house is on the market. Yeah. I just had a conversation like this with a neighbor. Uh, they had uh, a market value on their house of X, let's say 600000 Yep. right? Um, he says, yeah, I just uh, refinanced and I got an appraisal for 600000 So, yeah, if I could get six, like uh, it's got to be worth six and a quarter now, right? <laughs> right. Um, you know, so you sit there and I, the pre-listing appraisal mm-hmm. um is different than the post-contract appraisal. Yeah, it's, that's called a fee appraisal. So you you just call up, you know, Joe Blow appraiser, and hey, can you give me a you know a value on my property? And, and they do a full full more report for five hundred dollars. Yeah, it looks very impressive. It looks mm-hmm. much more impressive than uh, the market uh, report that I because mine's based towards a consumer, so it's got pretty pictures <laughs> and everything else. The appraisal. Comes in and it looks like somebody did a science report, right? right. They they have a lot more data with that one, and they. they I don't even say it's more data. It's harder to read. Yeah, it is. Right, and you look at it, and you go, "This guy must really know what he's talking about," because I hardly know how to read this. How, how many? How many of your clients? Have so I scroll to the bottom page, and it says the value, right? <laughs> right. Well, how many of your clients give us to give an appraiser to you uh, that was from a previous a lender? situation because they they want you to have square feet and, and they go i don't know what i'm looking at here yeah and so we're having to page through and figure out what we need yeah. out, of, out, of the, out of there because we've seen those enough but yeah consumer yeah right it's, and they're using abbreviations in there like i just went through this appraisal and i'm like what the hell is he talking about here <laughs> right what's a fdr <laughs> right uh it, but 
Either way, um, a fee appraisal. Yep. Where the appraiser's coming in. I, I did talk to the neighbor. He says he's got uh, an appraisal for 600000 mm-hmm. The issue with that, because I'll show up on a listing appointment. He says, I just had an appraisal for 600000 Yeah. So my house is worth 600000 The difference between that appraisal and one done on one after a contract is written. Mm-hmm. The one after a contract is written has a target. Yep. And the appraiser has to come in and hit that target. I try to. Try well, it just needs to prove that that target is a reality. Yep. Right? I mean, the real monster in the room has come in and weighed the measure, weighed and measured the property, the marketplace. Yep. By willing buyers came in, said, yes, we think this house is worth X. They write their name on a piece of paper, and there's the target that the appraiser has to hit. Mm-hmm. A fee appraisal is no different than you and I doing, you do the market analysis say our window on value is X and Y, yep. but you and I both know we're going to get weighed and measured. Yeah, well, well, that's that's the marketplace. It's the beauty of the marketplace is you, you, you put it out there for everyone to see and you say, how much do you love me? Yeah. And then you, if, if everyone shows up and, they, and they're, they're crying over your property, they clearly love you and maybe you're underpriced. Yeah. If, if no one or, shows or up. Or the market conditions say uh, you're, val- you're more valuable than you really are. Right. 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 And you, sometimes, you know, as agents, we don't know what exactly is going to be the, the, the way it's going to go. But we have an idea of where the marketplace sits. And we, we know after two days. Well, yeah. But like pre-listing wise. Yeah. We're not 100% sure how the market's going to react to you. But we're trying to set the stage for, you know, hopefully that reaction that you get enough tension to push that. You're trying way. to give your client every possible advantage. Yes, right. Absolutely. Preparing the house. Right. Uh, uh, photography, getting people through the front door, yep. right? Pricing it appropriately. The timing. Timing, mm-hmm. right? You're trying to give your client every advantage mm-hmm. so that when that monster comes in the house, they love you, right? right. The marketplace. Right. Um, the market. Yeah. Um, a, a fee, uh, uh, the fee appraisal on the beginning, they don't get weighed and measured either. Right. There's no one judging their work. They're basically just, it's an objective number. They're coming up, going to come up with objective. Based, based on the facts they have in front of us. And, yes. and it, does, it doesn't hold any weight. I'm not saying it's subjective. I'm just saying it doesn't have the, it doesn't get graded. Right. There's no, it's, but the homework doesn't get graded. Yeah. It's, it's it, a great base point on what you might, might have working on. But it's not like going to be the, the set in stone of what's going to be the value of the property. Because no one's there saying, I'm willing to pay that for it. Yeah. Maybe. It, yeah. it may be worth that. It might be worth more than that. Yeah. Or less. Yeah. Um, yeah. God damn, this is a good discussion, Joe. Um, I do want to back up um, um, on we gotta back up. One, one point that I know uh, our lenders are going to bring up at some point here. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Did we forget something? No. I just wanted to, to add another, another um, point of have, have, helping you as a consumer, helping you as a buyer, um, ask the right questions. And us as agents know this stuff. Um, but if you are um, in the marketplace and you're putting 20% down yes. uh, on the property, yes. okay, and you're going conventional financing, yep. um, your lender will have uh, opportunity to find out if uh, they don't need to have an appraisal on the property. Um, yeah. It's called an appraisal waiver. Yes. Okay. Because you're putting enough down on the property, they will be able to say, and they have, they have a, a, a 
database that they can go, all right, I don't need appraisal up to X price. Yes. So if you are um, making an offer on a property and it's listed at 350 mm-hmm. and your loan officer says, I got an appraisal waiver up to $400,000, yeah. you just just bought yourself an opportunity to go up to $400,000 without needing an appraisal. Yeah. So... Yeah. It's valuable in negotiating. Yeah, in, in terms of adding to your toolbox, that's what you can have if you ask the right questions. Some lenders will never offer that up as, as an option. But that's the first question I ask if, I, if we put 20% down to uh, the lender. What, and they want to make an offer on this property. Hey, Mr. Lender, what is my appraisal gap on this one? Or or do I'm we sorry, get my, was my waiver? waiver? I'm sorry. Yeah. Was my waiver on this do one? Do we get so, a waiver? On so it. that I can go know how far I can go. Yeah. And that's not to every single buyer. Oh, not not again. Twenty percent down usually is what it's going to take to be able to to those waivers to kick to in. get the consideration for it. Yep. Yeah. But it's more of a, again tool if it's an optional situation. Yeah, yeah. This is a good conversation, Joe. Is there anything else we need to add to it? I, I think so. this gives a good. This is this is good meat and potatoes, and I think you know it. This is doesn't happen enough for this discussion to really happen. But when it does, you're like. That's, it changes the aspect of, of potential negotiations. Yeah. And also, when your client's in the middle of uh, negotiating or at the front end of negotiating, talk about appraisal gap is not the best time to be talking. I mean, it's their, their head's spinning, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you get a bad, uh, a low appraisal. I shouldn't say bad. A low appraisal mm-hmm. come in. Uh, it's a difficult conversation to have. It's not easy. Everyone's so to have it now... Uh, a good time to talk about it. Well, most cases, you know, when we're sitting there as a, as the, as the buyer and the seller, you know, are talking to their your, your client, you're already. If I this I do. I'm sure you do too. You've already set the stage that that this appraisal is it can make or break what what ends up happening next. To to your client. Both. Yeah. Because yeah. well, I the 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 terminology I use with my seller is let's say, comes on at two fifty, sells for two seventy. That twenty thousand dollars, well, any of it, uh, at least that top portion, treat that as monopoly money. It's not real. Not real until someone until the there. appraisal comes in and the appraiser comes in, signs off on that. Hey, the market's determined two seventy. That's a target that we can hit. Um, don't spend that money. Right. In your head, staring at the ceiling at night. Don't sit there and go, all right, what are we doing with an extra 20 grand? I'm going to buy a new car. I'm going to pay off my car. <laughs> I'm going to pay off my student loan. I'm going to, whatever is in the mix, right? Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Yeah, wait till, and, and on top of that, only wait till it closes too before you start spending that money. Yeah. You know, because you can't, enough, we've seen enough have things happen where you get to the point of you're a week before closing, all of a sudden something goes sideways, and then one's like, oh, okay, well, this doesn't happen. And that's yeah. like, no one's happy. I promise you, no one's happy. No one's happy. But, it happens. Yeah. I think this is a good conversation. Yeah. What's up next week, Joe? I don't know. What do you think? Would you ask me, put me on the spot now? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Let's with see what that, comes I, up. I think we'll sign off, huh? Let's see what comes up then. Yeah. We'll see right. what comes up next week. Uh, with that, uh, I'm Scott Linehan. And I'm Joe Yubel. Thanks for stopping by the garage.